Good morning, Tucson. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we discuss the musical journey of a naughty dog from the clubs of Mexico to the bars of Tucson. Today is January 12th. My name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core. And we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A-Mountain to the U of A, and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org, also available on your iPhone or Android by heading over to your respective app store and downloading Downtown Radio Tucson. Put that in your pocket and take us wherever you go. And if you want to reach us here on the show, our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. We're on Facebook at Life Along the Streetcar. You can find us on Twitter. And our past episodes are now online at lifealongthestreetcar.org. We start today's show with news of a circus coming to town. It's not the first time. In fact, this is the ninth year that we will have the Zope Family Circus at the Mercado San Agustin. They popped up the big tent there last week, and starting on Friday the 10th, they're doing things. It's only in town until the 26th, though. Uh, just a short window there. But like I said, it's not their first time. They've been here many times. The circus itself travels across the country. It started uh, back in Europe, uh, actually someplace near Venice, I believe, is where this uh, began. And uh, it's a family-run operation. They tour a one-ring tent, uh, and they focus more on acrobats and uh, do not use a lot of the high-tech effects that you might see other places. It, uh, According to their website, they celebrate the European circus arts whose appeal depends on acrobatic feats, jugglers, dancing dogs, aerialists, and brilliant comedic clowning. The tent holds about 500 folks, and they do two or three shows a day, um, so you can check them out near downtown. The uh, theme this year is uh, a, f- a throwback to um, the founding, and uh, they are paying a tribute to La Nana, the Zope matriarch who kept the show alive during the Depression through her tenacity and perseverance. They're going to do more than just try to focus on the circus acrobats. They, they say they're, they're trying to touch every emotion. When people are there, they say they, they laugh, they cry, and they feel for the characters. So uh, you can get over there and witness this display. And um, we invite you to uh, share your experiences on our Facebook page if you enjoyed it. Uh, They did make a note on their page to indicate that this is a family-friendly show. They don't use aggressive special effects. There's no wild animals. They do have some uh, domesticated animals that they have in their act, but those are more like uh, what you're used to seeing their dogs and such, not um, some of the larger animals you see at other circuses. Again, ninth year, so head over and check it out. Well, George Landa returns to our show and discusses his musical career, which began as a seventh grader when he witnessed 
a surprise performance by his classmate, and uh, it led George to a passion for music. He grew up in Nogales. Uh, he'll tell you that he got his chops sort of, uh, as you would say, playing clubs in Mexico. He had to sneak to Tucson on the bus there to uh, hang out at the Chicago store with his friends and get some advice from local Tucson musicians. And he eventually started playing here in Tucson, clubs like Sharks and the Speakeasy. And he has uh, kind of got his founding, uh, his credo of be good to the music and the music will be good to you after he did an Access television uh, performance there downtown. Um, and his music ins- was was inspiring to a woman who was near the end of her life and, and uh, a CD got into her hands through that performance. And according to her family, it brought peace and tranquility as she passed on from this world. So George at heart is a preacher. He's a guitar player, a singer, a writer. Uh, and he just really loves music and he loves the lifestyle of a musician. You know, according to his, his credo, he told his very first band, they would do great things, they would lead great lives, but probably not make much money. Seems like he's been pretty happy with how things have turned out. He's introspective at this point about his role in this continuum of music. His, his band, Los Naughty Dogs, makes it a point to play the music of those who shape them. Artists like Lalo Guerrero, who George says was influential, especially in the later years of the band. But Naughty Dogs are not an oldies cover band. They play original music and they put their own modern influences on the classics. I met up with George in a secret underground bunker studio in the heart of downtown to learn about his musical journey from Nogales to Tucson. Yeah, I'm a musician. That's what I do. Um, um, Sometimes I think it's... um... I'm, I'm one of those babies that saw the Ed Sullivan show when the Beatles showed up. I clearly remember seeing that. I remember that moment in time. Uh, and you, you, so you grew up uh, in, in Nogales and got into music down in, in that area as a, as a youngster? Oh, totally. Um, my older brother was a musician. He was a drummer and a trumpet player. He wasn't too good, but um, he, he was a musician. And we're all baseball players or musicians in my tribe. <laughs> and, um, and then I just remember my, my current drummer, Eddie, we were in seventh grade, and um, he shows up with a guitar and an amp in the, to the class. And Mr. Bachelier, our teacher, says, you know, Eddie's a, a real loser, but he's going to give us a concert, and if it's a good concert, he's going to pass the class. And we're all those jocks are in the back like, what the fork is Eddie doing? You know, we're checking him out. He gets out his guitar. It's a red guitar and a Kingston amplifier from the great Chicago store. That's where we used to get, always get our gear. I love Joe Lepkowitz, the owner of the yeah. place. He did so much for us. And um, he gets out the guitar and he hits a C chord. He goes, bump, bump, bump. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Bump. And he starts singing and playing it. The crowd goes crazy. We're like chimps in the back screaming, Eddie, ah! We're screaming. Stacy, the front row faints. We had never seen anything like this in our lives. <laughs> so I asked, asked Eddie, what the hell are you, what, what's going on here? He says, I got a band. And they were playing Black Magic Woman, I Ain't Got Nobody by Santana, House of the Rising Sun. And I said, oh my God, this is mind boggling. I hauled ass home and I pulled out my old guitar. My dad got me when I was like in fourth grade, third grade, and the strings were about two inches high, and I'm screaming murder because my guitar is all messed up. I made him bring me to the Chicago store that weekend because I had a paper route, so I had some cash. Okay. And um, 
I ordered a book at sale, the back of a comic book, how to play guitar in seven days or your money back, and that was it. <laughs> That's where it started. I'll never know. forget that moment in time. I know you were in Nogales at the time. Yeah, totally in Nogales. But, but Chicago store that, that's it's the, here. So that's the you you knew about that in Nogales. That's yeah, what we used to, to do was um, in Nogales uh, around ninth grade, eighth grade. Downtown was jumping. It was great, and it was right connected to Nogales Sonora. You could come over, walk back and forth. What time frame was this? What? We're talking 1975, 76, okay. 77. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 72, 73, 74, 75 okay. to my senior year in high school. So what happened was um, I'd, I would tell my mom I was going downtown and a, the guy this guy was going to soon be my bass player and my drummer, you know, we would hang out together and listen to Grand Funk Railroad and stuff like that. And the, guess, the first record we stole from the Kresge was um, the Guess Who's Greatest Hits. <laughs> the first stolen record. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, we, we, we're kids. We don't have any money anymore. The paper route's gone because we don't work. We don't play. We play music. So we'd tell our parents we're going downtown. But what we'd do was we'd hop on Citizen Auto Stage, which is the bus line at that time. Five bucks round trip. Um, we'd come up on the bus, we'd go hang out at the Chicago store, ask all the better musicians, just bug them, you know, and Joe would let us play the amps, and he'd always say, that's too much guitar for you, kid, over there, go over there in that corner. But he was great, he tolerated all our nonsense, he goes, call your mom and we'll get you this amp, this guitar. Well, fast forward a little bit, so um, you have a band, the band name is... Um... We go by those naughty dogs. See, when, when, when it goes back to the training we have, Back as, when we were kids, once we get into our junior year, like 73, 74, we're, we're, we're getting decent at playing. But the better bands are in Mexico. All the guys that are five, six years older than us with longer hair, they're playing all... Back then there was the red light district called Canal Street. And at the red light district, all, all the clubs had bands. They'd cover Sinatra, they covered Tom Jones, they covered all these artists. So the musical education in Nogales, Sonora was fantastic because these guys were far more advanced musicians. There's a kind, in those days, you'd put the record and you'd put back the needle. You'd pull back the needle so you could learn the parts. Mm -hmm. So your ear training got incredible. And um, all of us took music lessons. Um, you know, I was a trombone player in high school. I once, you know, it's part of the progression of becoming a pianist, learning to read music. Not a great reader, but you know, you learn the theory and all that. But in Mexico, the best bands were there, and you become friends with these guys, and they show you. And then at night, they let you slide in to play a couple of songs while they go get a drink. And it was a great musical education. So we got everything. We learned how to play country, bossa nova, samba, uh, jazz. Uh, couldn't do anything really great, but we got to play it. We learned to play everything. We got it because in Nogales, at night, you could get X Rock 80 out of Juarez, okay? Or you could get. Um, KOMA out of Oklahoma City, 1520 at night, you know, and there they were playing Layla and stuff like that or Grand Funk Railroad. So it's a great education, you know, and um, you're getting all this invasion of rock and roll on the border from these late night AM stations, you know. Allegedly, the Wolfman was doing that. I never heard, I can't recall ever hearing the Wolfman at okay. X Rock 80, which was out of Juarez because they'd go like to 50,000 watts at night. So being on the border was a great musical education. Hmm. And, um, and it was a great time to start playing. And you play with all these cover bands. And um, we were in bands where um, we all dressed the same. And um, we played all these regional ballads. We had songs, you know, eventually we started recording with these bands. And we'd always do the tours. 
the, the best promoter in the 70s was Oscar Stevens, who was a, had, was a radio TV personality in town. And he booked bands like Little Joe. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're the king of Tex-Mex, Latin breed. And, um, and they'd bring them in and do big shows at the TCC. So we were like the underbands. But it was a great musical experience. Moving up to the college in the 70s, um, Choo Choo's was right around the corner from here. Cronin, where's his name from REO, was playing there. Um, Randy Castillo, who, used to, who went, was in the Wombleys, who went on to play with Ozzy, he would go with us to Nogales Sonora on the weekends and get all messed up with us, you know. Yeah. Edgar Winters' drummer got messed up with us and hung around. Felix Popolardi, people like that. So it was, it was just a great time to be learning the music. Working with George Landa, he is a singer-songwriter with Los Naughty Dogs, kind of giving us the history of how he got into music and uh, his formative years in Nogales on a border town and kind of sneaking into Tucson to head to the Chicago store. We'll be back to finish out that interview and talk about his uh, own creations, their music, their tributes to uh, the classics and to the classic artists like Lalo Guerrero. But uh, first, I want to remind you that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM and available for streaming on Downtown Radio. Dot org. I will get back to the of our interview with George Land of Los Naughty Dogs and talk about the music of his later years and uh, what it meant when he moved to Tucson and found out about people like Lalo Guerrero. And then when I came back to Tucson in 99, I went up with a, a band called High Rise. We were playing at a bar called The Speakeasy. And it was great because they had the prettiest bartenders on the planet I'd ever seen. It was great because Hector Rodriguez, the late Hector Rodriguez, was a, was a showman, entrepreneur, good, a good man. He gave us a lot of opportunity. I remember when I was playing in Portland before I came back here, um, this one guy told me, hey, you got to follow your bliss. He told me, this older musician, you know, so play, you know, that's great that you guys do all these covers, but you got to be doing your songs. He says, sneak them in until you start doing your own shows. That'll open up more doors, but you got to do covers to get in. Mm -hmm. So that was, I um, started setting up the mission, and then um, in 2001, there was a band called Naughty Dogs in town. I, jo I joined them. They sucked. The bass player was cool, though. And um, we did a show at the Pima County Fair. Lana Rabago, who's a, who's a sweetheart, lover to death, she was our first gig there. We sucked. And these other guys in the band thought we sounded great. I turned to the bass player, and I said, I'm done with these clowns. I said, you in or you out? He says, oh, I'm with you. And I said, okay. I told the guys, hey, we're done with, I'm done with you guys. You're all fired. But it's our band. It was your band. It's my band now. And it's called Los Naughty Dogs. All you guys, all you clowns are out of here. And that was it. And I told, and I, then I got a bunch of my guys together and I told them, um, so you joined a band, kicked them out of their own band, changed the name of it. Added bit, a loss. And, and took it over. <laughs> I took it over, yeah. I told the guys, look, we're going to get this great equipment. We're going to dress great. We're going to meet the prettiest girls in town. But you got to understand there's no money in this. But you got to be good to the music. If you're good to the music, the music is good to you. So I had guys that wanted on board. And we just started playing our original, writing my material, playing originals. And it just started working out. It just started working out. And we'd play stuff and say it's by Mana. And... Um, was great is um, Tony, the owner of Sharks, loved us. So we were like one of his house bands, and we got to play our stuff there. And it was a great time to be playing downtown. Okay. And Vaudeville was down here by the Chicago mm -hmm. store. And the Iguana had a great Santana cover band there. Mike Flannery was playing there, great guitar player. And the district had the rockabilly going and all that good stuff. And at Sharks, you know, we were doing the Latin rock stuff. It was rock and Espanol, they called it back then. 
when I ran into you uh, for the first time, I was introduced to you, it was at the Rialto, and uh, you were performing for um, in between sets on a, on a wrestling uh, card. And I, I thought it was sort of a gimmick. And then I, I start reading about you and hearing this. I mean, this you, you are like a Tucson institution. Uh, you, you've been all over the place. You know, you've got people, you've played with so many different people here in Tucson. It's just amazing. Because under that creed, you got to be good to the music. The music's good to be, you have to be honest. Because if there's only one person or if a hundred people, you owe them what you got. You've got to play it. And I have two examples. If you don't mind, I'll share with yeah, you. absolutely. Um, when I first formed the band, I told them, well, first thing we're going to do, fellas, is record a Christmas CD. And they go, what do you mean a Christmas CD? You know, ah. I said, you know, listen, we got to leave a Christmas CD because all of, I don't have any kids. But I said, all you guys are married. You have kids. You're going to be grandparents. And every year at Christmas, they're going to say, hey, put my uncle on, put my dad on, put my grandfather on. So in your families, you'll live forever. You know, they'll always play us at Christmas time. So we even did a song called Feliz Naughty Dogs. Feliz Naughty Dogs. <laughs> Just the, with the tuba. We, we recorded with the tuba. I'll give you a Christmas CD. The, the reason for doing that was just to leave that legacy in your family. And we did it, we recorded it with love. The first time we heard it on the sense, it was great and we had tears. But there was a man named, named Dan Harrigan. Cox Cable used to have access to Tucson. It was um, mm -hmm. these late night cable shows. And Dan Harrigan and Don Arturo Rubio had two TV shows. The Harrigan After Hours and Don, Rubio, Don Arturo Rubio's Noches de Sonora. So it was cool because on Noches Sonoras, we played our, our rock and español stuff. And on the Dan Harrigan show, we could do our blues and original stuff. This is probably like 2002, maybe 2003. Christmas okay. 2002 or Christmas 2003. And they're putting on their, on their little screen, oh, and follow us on the internet at uh, this. This is our address. And they're talking. All people are watching us on the internet. And I'm thinking, nobody's watching this, <laughs> this show on the internet. We're lucky to be, you know, anybody who's a Cox Cable subscriber that is, that's got insomnia. <laughs> this is the only guy watching this show. So we put up our, our Los Naughty Dogs at Yahoo email address. We do our Christmas show. Well, I get an email a few days later from a lady in Terre Haute, Indiana. And she says her mom is from Tucson. And she was born in Tucson. But their connection to Tucson, the only access they have to Tucson is on their computer to the Harrigan show. And I'm like, this is boggling me. So I tell, and she said that her mom enjoyed the show. So I asked her for her address and I mailed her a, a CD. I got a letter like around January 17th from the daughter and she thanked me because her mom had died. She was dying. But our CD pacified the lady, gave her tranquility. She would listen to our CD all day and she died with a smile. And that was the power of the music that we touched that one soul. So the message was direct and I knew, I knew that we'd been given this opportunity by a higher power to do this. Because I've always said it's a gift. God mm -hmm. gives you a gift. And if you don't take care of it, it can go away. I, I was looking at your, um, at your note here, and it's signed by uh, Reverend Land. Are you a preacher? Back in Portland, um, we had um, our drummer, um, who used to go by Reverend Galactica. <laughs> told us, I don't want you guys paying taxes no more. I'm going to ordain you guys. And what do you go, we go, what are you talking about? Well, his dad was involved with the Universal Life Church. So he ordained the whole okay. band. Okay. You know, it worked. 
we've, we've done lots of weddings and I've had to do the vows for the people and then we perform. Well, nice. That's, that's, the, that's the true wedding singer right there when you're performing the wedding and singing. George, this is absolutely fantastic. I have no idea how I'm going to edit this down and into what because this is just so much good stuff and you just you just thrown out so many names and places that I, I, I have to research. I don't even know. This is a huge chunk of history and we're in a studio in an underground bunker in Tucson that no one knows about and this is just just amazing that you are, are producing not just the music but the, the that you're keeping the history and that you're pulling all of this you know and keeping it fresh and into different audiences because I I just appreciate all that you're doing it's phenomenal thank you um, it's it's really important to spread the message whatever we what what, what, what we have to share because it'll get lost if we don't, if we're if we're not performing Lalo's song with honesty and conviction, it'll get lost. Um, the Chicano scene is 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 dwindling. That's why um, Lalo's son Mark. It's so important that he has the Chicano Chronicles that on his on his um, podcast and on the Chicano Radio Network to convey that message of a music that existed that was huge, but it's disappeared. It's dwindled. Well, and uh, bands like yourself keeping it alive and bringing it into another generation because I'm sure you you will inspire someone else that will carry on that torch. It was shared to me, and I have to share. Really a lot of fun interviewing George. You can tell he's got a lot of energy, a lot of passion. And uh, we actually edited out an entire section which we talked about. Lalo Guerrero decided we're going to kind of pull that back and Maybe mix that with some of the interview we had with Ruben Moreno uh, about Lalo Guerrero and some of the conversations we've had with uh, Lalo's son, Dan, and maybe put that together as its own little episode there. So look forward to that coming up later in the year. My name is Tom Heath. You are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Oh, once again, thanks to uh, George Lander for spending a lot of time with us. If you remember, he was our guest last week, and uh, we talked about the impact of Miller's Surplus here in the community. Uh, George has been managing that place for 20 years, uh, performing music, and uh, he's all over the place. We'll link to his band's page. You can get a sense of where they're playing. First time I saw him was actually at a wrestling match at the Rialto. They were the uh, entertainment between matches, and uh, that's the first time I met George. A lot of fun talking with him, and as you can see, he's got uh, quite a bit of energy. Well, other musical things coming up here. It's January, so all kinds of stuff happening in Tucson. We talked a little bit about last week with the Jazz Festival. Kicked off on uh, uh, the 10th, and will run all of this week. It's going to end on Martin Luther King Day, which is January 20th. It's a week from tomorrow. It's next Monday, and as it has been uh, for the last several years, the uh, Martin Luther King Day will be the, the day of the final performances of the Tucson Jazz Festival. And it will be an outdoor free series of concerts on the 20th. Stages start around 11 a.m. and uh, will go till about 5 or 5.30 or so. You can see uh, the full lineup on the Tucson Jazz Society's page there. We'll, uh, our Jazz Festival's page will uh, link to that from our Facebook page. But uh, some of the notable names, you've got uh, local bands from Rincon uh, University High and Tucson High. 
that will be performing. You've got uh, local uh, stars like Crystal Stark will be performing on the 20th. And uh, we have uh, Yolo County Line. The Yolo County Line is part of the headlining on the main stage for the free downtown jazz fest on the 20th. It's going to be in the same area where uh, the taco drop was. Hope you got out there for, for New Year's Eve. Was by there yesterday, but in the uh, skating rink is coming down, so that's going to be put back into to storage. Just a little side note. Also coming up next weekend uh, in that same general area at Hotel Congress on Sunday the 19th, we have the 2020 Dillinger Days celebrating the capture of uh, America's Most Wanted in 1934. That happened here in Tucson at... Uh, uh, it started at, at Hotel Tucson with that fire they had there where they lost that third floor. Members of Dillinger's gang were staying there and uh, were identified through their mug shots and such. And it led to a sting operation that ended up rounding all of Dillinger's gang up, captured here in Tucson. Of course, we transferred them to an escape-proof prison in Indiana from which they promptly escaped. And uh, John Dillinger was famously shot down by federal agents outside of a movie theater in Chicago. But we did catch him here in Tucson. We celebrate that at Dillinger Days next week. There'll be a period, costumes, people with uh, car shows, all kinds of stuff for you to check out. Well, that's a wrap for episode number 118. We're rolling into 2020. If you have anything you want us to cover, please hit us up on our a Facebook page or shoot us an email contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org check out some of our past episodes on our webpage and um, yeah keep us up to date on what we need to know we're leaving you with music today from Los Naughty Dogs this is from their CD called Lalo's Town this is a song written by uh, George Landa called Barrio Boy hope you like it uh, and uh, check out their uh, their band page for upcoming concerts well, my name is Tom Heath. Hope you have a great week and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar.